Hey everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus. And we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe. So these messages come right to your phone each week. And you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Hello everyone, my name is Kelsey. I'm the assistant director here at the Annex and I am so glad that you are here with us on this beautiful Tuesday evening. And we are in a series in the Gospel of Mark that we're calling Jesus is King. And Mark in his Gospel is writing a historical narrative that has changed the course of history. And if we'll let it, it will change and transform even our own lives. And what we've seen in the life of Jesus so far is that he's cast out a demon from a man. He has healed someone who has been paralyzed and he's completely forgiven the entirety of someone's sins. Jesus is here and claiming in the gospel of Mark that he is king. And as we learned last week, Jesus isn't here just to make us happy or to give us the things that we want, but Jesus is here to make us whole, to make us well. And as we'll see tonight, Jesus is also here to give us rest. So let's pray and then see what Mark would reveal about Jesus tonight. Lord, we give this message and this night to you. Lord, we ask that you would teach us, that you would lead us, Lord, that you would speak to us. And I ask that whatever is of you would land and would stick and whatever is not of you would fall away and fall on deaf ears. So Lord, we just ask that you would teach us, that you would lead us, and that we would see just how much it is that you love us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. When I was little, I discovered at a really, really young age that if I were to run places, I would get to those places quicker. So from a young age, I was maximizing my time and trying to be as efficient as possible. Not only that, I loved being busy. As a child, eating breakfast in the summer, I would literally map out my entire day. I would map out when and for how long I would play basketball in the driveway. I would even map out when my favorite TV shows were and how long I would watch them. I even would schedule out when I would eat lunch, when I would eat my snacks, when I would play with my friends down the street, when I would go swimming, literally planned out every minute of every day. And even in adulthood, I still do this. I still am maximizing my time, keeping myself busy, and just straight hustling through life. And two years ago, I was hustling like you have never seen before. I had just started this job at the Annex, and I was trying to figure out what the heck my job is and what I'm supposed to be doing around here. And on top of that, I decided to go back to school and get my master. So now, not only am I working full-time, but I'm taking classes part-time on the side. And, and this is really exciting, but added a lot of busyness to my life. I got engaged and then had the brilliant idea to get married in three months from the point that I got engaged instead of just, I don't know, waiting a few more months to plan a wedding. 
So Sunday to Thursday, I was doing work. Fridays, I was doing school. At night, I was fitting in whatever work or school or wedding planning or maintaining some semblance of my social life. And I was crawling into Saturday, exhausted. And then even on Saturday, I still had errands to run. I still had a wedding to plan. I still had some homework to catch up on. And rest for me, I couldn't do it. Anytime that I would sit down to just take a minute, my mind would be running and racing with all of the things that I still needed to get done. So rest for me in the season was taking a lot of naps whenever I could fit them in. Rest was watching just a couple more episodes of The Marvelous Miss Maisel in order to escape and distract myself from the busyness of my life. Externally, I was exhausted. I was tired. You could look at me and tell that I was tired. And it took me a while to also realize that not, not was I, words, not only was I tired externally, but I was also tired internally. I was restless and I was weary. I was new to my job and I was trying to be the best assistant director of college ministry that the world has ever seen. I was striving to prove to Dave that he had hired the right woman for the job. And with school, I was doing my best to make straight A's because I believe that in making A's, that would indicate my value as a student and also indicate that I was on the right career path. And real talk with Cody, who is my husband, up until the day that we said I do on our wedding day, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? He might at any point in time see me as not worthy or not lovable, and he could just leave me at any point in time. So externally, I was tired, but internally, there was a lot going on as well. In my hustling, the deep desire was that I would be loved. I would be valued. I would be worthy. I would be satisfied. I was constantly striving to be good enough for those around me. And it took me a long time to realize that I wasn't just externally tired, but I was internally tired, restless, and weary. I needed more than just to take a nap. And I wonder, are you not just feeling tired and run down externally, but do you feel weary, tired, and restless in your inmost being, in your soul? In other words, do you need more than a nap? Do you need rest for your weary soul? And tonight in the text, Jesus is going to make a claim that he is the antidote to this weariness that we are feeling on the soul level. Jesus tonight is going to claim that not only does he give us rest, he's going to claim that he is rest itself. And the text tonight starts in Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And Mark starts by telling us a story about Jesus on the Sabbath day. But before we get any farther, we should talk about what the Sabbath is, because if we don't, the rest of the story will not make sense, okay? So Sabbath in Hebrew is the word Shabbat, and Shabbat means to stop, to cease. And in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, he created, 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 and then on the seventh day, he gave two thumbs up, said, it's good, 
And then he kicked his feet up because he was so satisfied with his work. And on the seventh day, he rested. He stopped. He ceased. So from the very beginning of time, God has built into the fabric of the universe, into creation, and even us, this need to rest, this need to rest, to cease, to stop, and to delight in him. And on Mount Sinai, when God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, you know the ones like don't steal, don't kill, don't sleep with someone else's wife, all those commandments. The fourth commandment was given to the Israelites to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. God wants us to rest so much that he made it a command. And here's what he says in Exodus chapter 20. God said to the Israelites, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." So this was a command by God to take the day off and to delight in him. A command to just take a day, to take a minute and rest. And a command also for the Israelites to know that they're not in charge around here, that they're not the ones keeping the universe together, that actually God has taken care of that and they can just rest in his presence and in his love. And over time, what happened is that a group of men called the Pharisees so desperately wanted to follow the commands of God that what they would do is they would take a command and then they would add more commands on top of it. So they take a command, build like a little fence around it with more commands and more rules because deep down they just didn't want to break these commands and they didn't want to dishonor or disappoint God. So it came from a place of goodness. They like really earnestly wanted to keep these commands. So they just kept putting commands on top of other commands. So in the story, it's the Sabbath day, and we're gonna see that the Pharisees are gonna get a little angsty and a little angry at Jesus because from their perspective, Jesus is breaking the Sabbath law, the Sabbath commands. He's not, he's just breaking these commands that they've added on top of the command. So in the story, Jesus and his disciples were taking a walk through a grain field on the Sabbath, as you do, and they just were picking heads of grain off. They're a little snacky, and so they're picking these grain heads and just eating as they're walking. And the Pharisees see this happen. And I imagine that the Pharisees have binoculars and they're looking through the uh, stalks of grain. Um, I couldn't find a theologian or a scholar to back that up. They didn't deny it. So just imagine with me, the Pharisees are over to the side looking through binoculars through the stalks of wheat and they see Jesus and his disciples eating these uh, grains uh, off the stalks of wheat. And the Pharisees are like, hey, you guys can't do that. And Jesus responds and he says, don't you guys know the scriptures? Don't you know the story about David? Which is like a backhanded comment from Jesus, because as much as the Pharisees love to add commands to other commands, they also love the scriptures and they know the scriptures really well. So of course they know the story that Jesus is about to tell. 
And so Jesus launches into the story saying, okay, here's the deal. King David and his companions on the Sabbath day ate the consecrated bread in the temple that only the high priest can eat and nothing happened to them. They didn't get in trouble. They did what was unlawful on the Sabbath. We're doing what you're calling unlawful on the Sabbath. Nothing should happen to us. We're fine. And then Jesus goes on to say that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm going to put a pin in this. We're going to come back to this because this explains everything. But Mark goes on, he launches immediately into another story of Jesus on the Sabbath that I think is important for us to hear. And Mark tells us that there is a man on the Sabbath with a shriveled hand that Jesus saw. And Jesus asked the crowd, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But everyone remained silent. And then the text says that Jesus looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Okay, so what's happening and what does this all mean? First off, the Pharisees, no matter how pure their intentions were to keep the commands of God, got the Sabbath so turned around and backwards with all of these rules that they added to it to follow. They made the Sabbath into a soul-sucking set of rules instead of something that was always meant to be restful and life-giving. The Pharisees made the thing that would give them rest into another set of rules to follow. And secondly, Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath is for us. It's for our well-being. It's to give us rest. It's supposed to help us. And Jesus shows us in these stories of picking grain for a snack and even healing this man's hand on the Sabbath, that the Sabbath is supposed to nourish us and it is supposed to heal us. And then Jesus says this. Jesus says that he is Lord of the Sabbath. Not Lord over the Sabbath, not the Lord that oversees the Sabbath and makes sure that we're following all the right rules, but that he is Lord of the Sabbath. Meaning, Jesus is the Sabbath. Jesus is claiming to be the Sabbath. He is claiming to be rest itself. He is claiming to be the one that brings rest and nourishment and healing to our souls. And the Pharisees were getting mad because Jesus harvested grain and healed a man on the Sabbath, both of which were forbidden because of their rules. And here's the deal. Jesus could have waited until dinner. He could have shown a little self-restraint and not had a snack and eaten these heads of grain. He also could have waited to heal this man's hand. This wasn't life or death. Jesus could have waited until the next day. But Jesus had a point to make. He wanted to make it clear that he is Lord of the Sabbath. 
He is rest itself, and as rest, he will bring nourishment and he will bring healing. His rest isn't about a list of do's or don'ts. His rest will bring wholeness and wellness to our lives and to our souls. Jesus didn't come to make sure that we were following all the right rules. Jesus came to heal us, to make us whole, to make us well, and to give us rest. Jesus wants to make it very clear that the Sabbath is for nourishment, healing, rest, satisfaction, and that he is those things. And most of us work and work and we strive and we strive and we hustle and we hustle because we want to prove to ourselves, to others, to our parents, to future employers, to that guy we like, whoever, we want to prove that we are worthy, that we're valuable, that we can be loved, that our lives are satisfied. And the Pharisees wanted to prove that they were good at being Jewish. They wanted to prove that they were faithful, that they could follow all the right rules for God. But here's the deal. We will never truly be satisfied in our lives or at rest or at peace because we will always be striving and hustling for more. And this work and striving and hustling is never really over until we learn how to rest in Jesus. When Jesus claims to be Lord of the Sabbath, rest itself, he's saying that a vacation day or even a day off work isn't the deep rest that your soul needs. He's saying that watching another episode or five of Indian Matchmaker isn't the deep rest that you need. He's saying that taking a nap, you should take a nap, not the deep rest that you need. He's even saying that getting a facial or a massage or doing yoga, all good things. It is not the deep rest that your soul needs for its weariness and its tiredness and its restlessness from striving to prove that you're good enough and that you're worthy. And in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you weary? Are you tired of striving and proving yourself to others? Come to Jesus and he will give you rest. Jesus is the one relationship you don't have to strive or prove yourself in. He knows literally everything about you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He knows it all. And despite whatever you've done, he loves you. He cares deeply for you, and he loved you to the point of willingly dying for you on the cross so that you would be forgiven and have access into his eternal kingdom, both here on earth and in heaven. You are worthy, you are valuable, and you are loved because Jesus says so. You don't have to prove it to him. True rest comes from the one who claims to be rest itself. Only in Jesus will you ever find true rest. You do not have to prove anything to him. So come to Jesus, 
all you who are weary and burdened. He will give you nourishment. He will bring healing. He will bring satisfaction. We don't have to strive for this rest like the Pharisees were trying to do. It is just freely available to us through Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. So will you come to him for rest? Let's continue in worship together. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.